Hello and welcome to Interfilm Recommends, a regular podcast for film club leaders to explore exciting new titles with their clubs. My name is Michael and for today's primary theme podcast I'm joined by Joe. Hello. In which we'll be discussing the Disney film Moana. So let's get straight into it. You are not my hero and I'm not here so you can sign my oar. I'm here because you stole the heart of Tefiti and you will board my boat sail across the sea and put it back. Um, yeah. It almost sounded like you don't like me, which is impossible because I got stuck here for a thousand years trying to get the heart as a gift for you mortals so you can have the power to create life itself. Yeah, so what I believe you were trying to say is thank you. Thank you? You're welcome. Moana sees a courageous teenager following in the footsteps of her ancestors in sailing across the oceanic seas accompanied by a demigod called Maui. Uh, This is a PG certificate from the BBFC and we have it at 7 plus on our catalogue. So the first thing I want to mention, Joe, is the animation, particularly Mm. uh, of the ocean itself, which is superb. Um, And can you describe how the animation plays such a big part in bringing the characters and the settings of the film to life? Yeah, well, you're right. The animation in this film is really beautiful. Um, I think we've been spoiled over recent years with the quality of animation we've seen, but this really stands out as something special, I think. Um, It's difficult to believe now, but if you think back to when Pixar made Finding Nemo way back in 2003, one of the biggest challenges they had then was how to to convincingly animate water. Yeah. Um, And now we've got the ocean as seen in Moana, which, um, as you say, is not only remarkably beautiful, but is a character very much in its own right and interacts with Moana and calls to her and gives her signs as she grows up and goes through her various adventures. Um, I don't know if you know, but the name Moana actually means ocean and that gives you a good idea of the relationship between the character and the element throughout the film, I think. Mm. And it's also a, a sort of hint towards the the depth of research and yeah. the sensitivity involved in, in portraying the culture and the sort of mythology involved accurately and, and and properly. Yes, absolutely. So um, the filmmakers spent a great deal of time during the pre-production process uh, studying Polynesian culture uh, where the film takes place and that really comes across in the attention to detail you see throughout the story um, as well as the sensitivity that they've applied to capturing the world that's very different to our own and the one that you and I recognise. Mm. Um, as well as the ocean there, what I really want to single out about the animation is Maui's character, the demigod. Um, not least the extraordinary body art and tattoos we see on his body. I don't know if you remember them. But... Yeah, so he, um, they're almost a character again in themselves, aren't they? Yeah. Like uh, acting as a sidekick almost. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're, and they were actually hand-drawn and they, um, what happens is they come to life at various points of the story um, and they form a sort of visual strap but if you like, of Maui's life and history and communicate with him and Moana. Um, it's a really fun, inventive way of mm. the filmmakers developing that character in interesting ways and um, a brilliant example of the sort of playful visual humour that um, we see throughout the film. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the uh, the character of Moana herself. Mm. Uh, she seems to follow this trend of um, stronger, braver, certainly more independent female protagonists in mm. Disney films, recent Disney films, um, mm. things like Tangled and Frozen. Yeah. So what is it that sets her apart, if anything? 
Well, in many ways, uh, this is a classic Disney story, and Moana is like many of her heroines we've seen in earlier films. But you're right, um, her courage and tenacity really do stand out in this story. Um, she's somebody who's very much in charge of her own destiny and her actions, and we see her do loads of things in the film that we wouldn't normally associate with traditional female Disney princesses, such as steering a boat, for one you know, one example. Yeah. Um, I think it's really refreshing that she's not given a love interest in the film. Mm. Um, she's very and it's something you don't even really think about or notice until no, maybe afterwards. Absolutely not, no. Um, she's very independent-minded, um, and her body shape is also much more positive and realistic than we've seen previously in you know in earlier Disney films and other animations. Um, but you know she also exudes all of those classic Disney tropes of loyalty and caring for those around you and being yourself. Um, and I think what's really important is she she draws a great deal on her culture and her history, mm. and she's very respectful towards that. A really key theme in the film is how we can learn from our ancestors, and that's something the film explores very positively. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting this idea of um, respecting your elders. Uh, certainly, family is a huge um, theme uh, throughout the film. It is, yeah, um, and dealt with very well. But there's this there's a separate pull with, which contrasts with that, and that's her desire to go against her father's wishes and to go out and sail on the ocean. Yeah. So you've got um, her strong-mindedness competing with her, her loyalty and her sense of family, if you like. Absolutely, yeah. And, it, you know, that tension does play out throughout the film. Um, but it's very, you know, this is a film very much about her growing up and becoming a, an independent woman in her own right. But she, yeah, but she always remains very respectful of her family and her ancestors. But she's, you know... A modern woman. Yeah, and the film presents these problems intelligently. It does. Doesn't it doesn't present does. simple answers. No, it, it doesn't. Um, and these strong female protagonists, um, you know, Disney have been making movements in this area for a while now, um, and it's probably not a coincidence that this is coinciding with, you know, what's being termed as, you know, the latest golden age in their animation history. Um, you know, if you go back to, like you mentioned, The Princess and the Fraud and Tangled, but also films like Frozen and Zootropolis. Um, as well as you know, live action films, so Alice Through the Looking Glass from uh, 2016 and the recent Beauty and the Beast remake um, with Emma Watson. You know, time and again, we're seeing really strong, positive, and um, diverse female mo- role models put on screen. Which yeah, is really definitely. Encouraging. And it's interesting that they're even um, sort of updating old characters, if you like. Belle is a much loved Disney yeah. princess, but they put a new spin, a fresher spin, if you like, on that character for a 21st century audience. Absolutely, they have. Yes, it's still very recognisable from the original stories, but yes, you're right, there is that modern sensibility. And Disney are currently working on their latest um, live action remake, which will be Mulan. Um, and it's going to be fascinating to see what they do with that, particularly drawing on you know some of the lessons that they may have learned from Moana. Uh, we've actually got a clip of the film's star, Auli Cravalho, and she voices Moana, and she's talking here about the character being an inspirational figure to her, and it's our young reporter, Max, asking the questions. I think your character is much more exciting than the stereotypical Disney princess. What do you think makes her so special? Mm, a lot of things. I think Disney films are representative of their times, and in this time, we need a hero or a heroine, and... She's so special in that she's strong and determined and beautiful inside and out. And she can also just kind of hit a demigod and not be too afraid of it. I mean, I can't exactly say I would do the same thing, but she's inspiring to me. 
So moving on, the music is uh, another really important aspect of this film, and one of the songs was even Oscar-nominated, How Far I'll Go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how do the songs support and develop the story, and how do they uh, draw upon the culture as well? Well, as we all know, you know, Disney's got this long tradition of working with music in their films. It goes right back to their earliest features, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Um, But it's fair to say that sometimes, you know, while we all know and love these tunes, sometimes they can be a bit samey and a bit bland. Um, but for Moana, they've really, you know, if you pardon the pun, they've pushed the boat out um, and with the tunes. They collaborated with um, a guy named Lin-Manuel Miranda, who um, some people may know as the creator of the hit musical Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and they produced a series of catchy, uplifting songs, but ones that go beyond that to further the story and the cultural richness of the film. So if you listen to them, they you can tell that what the composers were trying to get across was the feel of a classic Broadway musical, or what we think of as a as the traditional Disney song, but blended with elements of the South Pacific culture that they're depicting. So, for example, we get songs sung in Samoan as well as English, and you know a number of diverse instrumental programming arrangements that we've um, not perhaps heard in other films. Yeah, it's that classic sort of the same but different uh, thing, isn't it? But in a in a in a generally uh, nice and, and quite fresh way. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, and, you know, they collaborated with a lot of local artists, and um, the filmmakers have produced a really sensitive portrait of that Polynesian culture um, in a way that's totally accessible, uh, but still fits comfortably comfortably within the framework of what we think of as the Disney style. Hmm. I mean, the, there's definitely an overarching uh, style to all of the songs, but mm. yeah, you know, each of them sort of serves and supports the story in its own way, I guess. And some of them being more humorous and some of them being more Absolutely. empowering. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, there's a real humour in um, lots of the songs, uh, particularly uh, Maui's introduction, where, you know, he has a rather modest number called You're Welcome, which really kind of gets across that character's vanity and his you know, big-hearted ego. Mm. Um, there's another one involving a crab, I think. Yeah, that's, Shiny uh, by uh, Jermaine Clement, I think. Yes, that's right, yes, uh, which is... Um, influenced by David Bowie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the songs do a really great job of telling the audience more about the world of the film, um, developing the story, the story and the characters, uh, rather than just being standalone musical set pieces. Um, and, you know, crucially, they leave the audience with a big smile on their faces. You know, they're tunes that you'll find very difficult to get out of your head, no matter how hard you try, believe me. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, so, moving past Moana... Uh, we've seen a number of great films set in and around the ocean over the years, um, particularly animated films like The Little Mermaids, uh, Finding Nemo, which mm. you've already mentioned, uh, Studio Ghibli's Ponyo, and Song of the Sea as well, a lovely uh, Celtic folktale. Mm. Um, what other films are influencing Moana and what would you recommend watching next? Well, you're right. All of those films are wonderful and they share a lot of DNA with Moana, particularly The Little Mermaid, actually, which they've acknowledged as being a massive influence on the film. Um, so do go on to the Interfilm website and find out more about those. Um, in terms of moving on from Moana, um, it shares a number of thematic links with the 2002 film Whale Rider, which um, a number of you may know. It's a very popular film amongst our um, film club members, has been for a number of years. Yeah, definitely. Um, that is set in the Maori culture of New Zealand and um, and also deals with a young woman struggling with the presses and demands that the cultural traditions expect of her. You may remember uh, the first time Disney visited Polynesia with Lilo and Stitz. I don't know if you do. Yeah. Uh, that was a really, you know, really one of our most underrated films, I think. Um, 
very sweet in dating story and again got some fantastic tunes uh, yeah, Elvis inspired tunes, is that right? More Elvis this time than Lin-Manuel Miranda, absolutely. But um, that's, yeah, that's a little a gem. You know, in terms of more recent Disney films, something like Queen of Catway continues this effort that they're making to tell more diverse stories with complex female lead characters. Um, it was a slightly smaller film, but one that really deserves an audience, I think. Um, and something like The Eagle Huntress, which we're talking about next time, I believe. Yeah. Um, which is another story of an, you know, an inspirational, tenacious young woman growing up in a culture very different to our own. Yeah, and the documentary as well, that one, which, again, might be a, an introduction to that genre for young audiences. Absolutely, yeah, it's perfect for that. Um, and, you know, if this film awakens a love of the ocean itself, then um, I'd recommend other documentaries like Planet Ocean or Arctic Tale. There's even a very old documentary made by a name named Robert Flaherty, who is one of the real pioneers of the genre, um, also called Moana. And it tells the story of a family living in a Samoan village back in the 1920s. Uh, now, I haven't seen it, and it's probably very dated, uh, but it'd be fascinating to take a look at it, I think. Definitely. Um, so lots to explore there. Um, and we hope you've enjoyed our discussion of Moana. That is everything for today's episode. Thank you very much for listening. And do check out all of our previous podcasts on SoundCloud, all of which are accompanied by show notes linking to resources, including film guides, film lists, blogs and video content. If you're also interested in secondary content, we have a new podcast episode available featuring Arrival and The Fits. Um, But meantime, we'll be back with a new episode in a few weeks' time. So tune in then. And until that time, it's goodbye.